This is the outpouring meeting with Dr. David Jeffries. Good evening. David Jeffries here. I have a message tonight that is dear to my heart. It has to do with a picture of who God is. Very few people have a real knowledge of who God is. And we'll spend the rest of our life and eternity discovering who he is. My friend Paul Baskin down in Texas once said that God is so filled with love that it will take an eternity for him to show you every way that he plans to love you. It'll never run out. Isn't that beautiful? And so tonight, from the love of God, your father, he is calling you back to his heart. There are some that are listening to this right now that are at different stages of being backslidden, at different stages of being away from God. And the whole message tonight is that there's a message being sent out from God, not David Jeffries preaching, but God from heaven put it in my heart that he's ready to call you back home again. And this is the night that you will find God like you've never found him before. You see, if you found God as you come back to him like you had him before, the conditions would still exist as to why you fell away from him. So when you come back to God this time, you're going to come back with a blast. You're going to come back with a, a literal passion for Jesus. You're going to love him. You're going to worship him. You're going to believe in him like you've never believed before. So I'm going to say this to you. It might shock you. It's good that you've been away from your father's love. How could that be that it's good? It's good because absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's a true statement. I really believe it's right. And so God has allowed you to have an absence because I'll say this to you. Things were never quite right the first time when you were born again, because had they been right the first time when you were born again, you would never have left your father's love. And so, therefore, looking at it that way, I'm saying to you tonight, not David Jeffries. He is not calling you back. But your father in heaven is leaning over the banisters of heaven toward you. And he's saying, don't you think it's about time you came home? Don't you think it's about time you came over that hill like that prodigal son? Don't you think it's about time that you let your father run to you and fall on you and kiss you and put a ring on your finger and shoes on your feet and make you a son or a daughter again? That's what the message is tonight. A call from heaven to come back to the heart of God. You've been away. You've done your thing. You've seen everything out there. And now God wants to open up the treasury of heaven because you backslid because you never saw the riches in Jesus. And that's exactly what God is calling you to. Isn't that beautiful? God's calling you to look at the storehouse of his riches, his rich mercy. My goodness. One year, about four years ago, I spent the entire month of February just ministering on the passage in Micah that says, the Lord skims over your sin. In other words, he's not looking for your sin to destroy you. He skims over it because he 
delights, thrills his heart to show you mercy. Now do you see that mercy is one of the reasons that you're being called home to God? Because had there been no mercy, you would have never been called home again. You would have been lost in trespasses and in sin, hopeless, with no help whatsoever. But I want to say something to you. One of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Helper. He comes to help you find your way back to God tonight. Not next week, not next month, not when it's more convenient. God is putting out a call to you. And you that are hearing this, he's putting out a call also to your loved ones that you've been praying for, that they who've never come to Christ or they who once had Christ on some level are going to be brought back to him again. God is making a call. He's putting it out and he's doing it through his mercy. Look at those words about the mercy of God. The Bible teaches us that he, again, delights in showing us mercy. What is it? What does delighting in something mean? It means that uh, when that grandbaby comes through the door, Kelly goes crazy over it because she kisses its little cheeks and talks about it constantly <laughs> because there is such a delight and thrill in the little face and the little sweet innocence of a baby. I wrote a poem one time called When I Look Upon a Child. With a smile across its face, I know I've seen the hand of God and felt his loving grace. A babe can think no evil thought nor dream a wicked plan. Its mind is pure and undefiled apart from sinful man. From place to place it spreads its cheer and warms the aging heart, restoring faith in humankind with love it doth impart. The master calls us as a child to listen to him now, forsaking evil's darkened ways before him humbly bow. When I look upon a child with a smile across its face, I know I've seen the hand of God and felt his loving grace. And I want to say something to you. God is wanting to get you in a position tonight that it will be 98% God and 2% you. I want you to listen to that. You see, before when you were born again, you were overwhelmed with the enormity of the task of walking and living. And so, therefore, there was this effort, constant effort to keep from falling away, to keep from sinning, and you are trying to keep yourself from all those terrible things. But I want to say something to you. You nor I do not have the power to keep us in the hand of God. You don't have that power to make the Christian life on your own. That's why there was about 98% you and 2% God back there. And that's the problem of it. Because you thought that if you didn't make the strongest efforts, and also some of you listening were perfectionists, that is a bad sin to be a perfectionist as far as spiritual matters is concerned. Because when you're a perfectionist, you're never satisfied with where you are with God. I don't mean in a good way, but I mean you're always feeling empty, always pursuing, always hoping for the best, and always disappointed because you're you're. Uh, perfection will never let you find God because he is the perfection of your heart. God is the perfection of your life and his perfect and wonderful love is being sent out tonight because God is calling you again back home to him. And he has the power not only to call you back home, but when you say like the prodigal son, look, I've seen my father's servants and they have plenty of food and I'm out here starving to death. When he came to himself, 
And that's where you are now. You're coming to yourself and you're remembering this little bit of this part that said there was a time when you said, I don't want to ever live without him. So you had some good declarations back in those days. I don't ever live without Jesus. Without him, how lost I would be. But the problem was you began a self-effort journey to try to find God and it doesn't work. It didn't work then and it won't work now. So you need to repent of this perfectionistic idea that if you can make everything around you perfect, how what a nice world it would be. No, it would be a miserable place to live because you'd have no interest in anybody else. It would be your interest in making things perfect for you. Now, God is interesting in making things perfectly beautiful and perfectly forgiven when you are in his spirit. He's making things perfectly good for you. So that you don't have to have a perfection thing. You don't have to put pressure on yourself and feel like such a failure because that's where the devil comes in. And he condemns you. And he makes you feel unworthy. He makes you feel like you're a million miles away from God. A lot of Christians get that feeling like, oh, my goodness, God is so far away. I'll never find my way back to him. That's number one lie in hell. All you have to do is say, I will get up from this place where I am. And I will go to my father. I want to say that again. That sounded too good. <clears throat> I will arise. I'll get up from this place where I am. I'll get up from this lost condition. I'll get up from this backslidden where I once knew God. I don't even know that I know him at all now. And I will go to my father. And I will say to my father, I'm no longer worthy to be your son or daughter. Make me as one of your hired servants. Now stop there. That's where God all of a sudden became deaf. You know, one of the days that God is deaf <laughs> is when he won't hear your condemnation of yourself. He all of a sudden turns a deaf ear. And it was like that happened because the prodigal son had practiced all the way home from that far country. I will arise my father. I will say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Make me a hired servant. And he was really sincere. And the father acted like he didn't hear a word he said. I like the deafness of God. <laughs> It's a good where God refuses to hear the condemnation that you give for yourself because he said to you plainly, all the condemnation that can come down on you has gone back to hell where it came from. And there is therefore now no condemnation to ready for this to those who place themselves in Christ Jesus. Do you know that your God is calling you tonight to come? And to place yourself in Christ Jesus. You place yourself in your own efforts and own disappointments and all those things were the was what robbed you of your joy and robbed you of your place with God. And so God is calling you back to him tonight. Listen to me. This is not just a sermon God gave a man to preach. This is what God put in my heart. He said, I'm going to call him back tonight, David. I love it. I'm going to, I said, you going to call him back to you? He said, I'm sending out the call. And anyone who hears my voice and will obey my voice will find restoration and healing and will find a better, more powerful, more beautiful relationship with God than you could have ever dreamed that you would have. And that's available to you now. But do not wait till tomorrow. Tonight, I'm calling you back by the call of God, his spirit, to come back home to the Lord. Now, some of you say, well, I have been uh, sort of backslidden in a sense of work. And the main reason is because I feel like I've just grown cold and I've grown away from God. 
I want to say something to you. If you don't put wood on a fire or coals in a fire, if you were to separate that one coal that was burning and step it away from the other coals, it would slowly and quietly burn out. It wouldn't burn up like it's supposed to. It would just die. And so what happened with you is you did not practice the fellowship of other people who love God because it's like bringing their coals in with your coals and together you have the fire of God. And so your, your, your love grew cold. Your love just grew cold. You just didn't feel the love that you once did. You did it first when you were born again. It's like you were so excited. And then one day you woke up and said, my fire has gone out. When I was in China in 2005, uh, I had an interpreter who interpreted Chinese for me. We had about 125 people in an underground church. I'll never tell you where it was. We had a lot of room full of people. No air conditioning. It was 100 degrees. And it was so hot. But it was hot with the Spirit of God. And so I got to talk to this little woman. I said, now, I'm from South Georgia. And being from South Georgia, I have some language that you might not understand. I mean, I just talk about hot dogs and 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 pinto beans and cornbread. I, and I said, you might not understand. So what I want to do is spend a little while with you before you go to interpret for me so I can give you as much of my kind of language and colloquialism so that you can kind of see through them. So we went into a room beside the other rooms. And she looked at me and this is what she said. I knew she was a Christian. She'd been born again. She said these words. Dr. Jeffries, my fire has gone out. My fire has gone out. I used to be so on fire for the Lord. She said, but my fire has gone out. A day or so later, the Holy Spirit showed up in that meeting in, in that Chinese compound so powerfully that that woman was unreal rejoicing. She had had her fire rekindled. Do you understand your fire may be such a tiny, tiny dot of light now, but God, with his sweet breath and the oxygen of heaven, will breathe on your fire and light your fire again. And she said, my fire has gone out. But the next day, her fire had come back with a vengeance. She was so overjoyed and so overfilled. And so will you be. Because not tomorrow or next week, God's calling you back to him tonight. This time, when you're listening to this message, whenever it is, God is sending out a call and he's saying, come home. And he's basically not listening to your reasons for why you failed, because he knows why you failed. You failed because you lost him. You let go of God. And when you let go of God, it's the worst thing in the world you could do. And whatever excuse, like I know God, he's going to get me and I know God's disappointed in me. So he's probably mad at me. That is not the truth. God is not angry with you. God is waiting with such patient love for you to hear him say, son, come home. Daughter, come home. Let me blow my breath on that little tiny spark and let me kindle a fire back in your heart again. Let me, man, I love talking like this. Let me kindle a fire back in your heart again. And that fire will never go out again. Because you will have constant companionship with the Holy Spirit and with the Son of God who said this. I know I quote this a lot, but I love it. I will never leave you. I will never give you up to evil. So you say, you mean even in the worst backslidden condition that I am, God was some way saying I will never leave you? Was he really with me all that time? 
You guessed it. He does not forsake his children to evil. And so in the darkest places where you walk, God was standing there, standing there waiting for you to turn and say, where are you, Lord? Where are you, Lord Jesus? Will you come back into my heart? He was waiting there because, remember, he thrills to show you mercy. He delights to see you turn your heart toward God again. So if you're thinking, well, for me to get back to God is going to be a long, horrible journey, and I don't know whether God will even forgive me. Hey, knock that off. God is waiting to get you in a position where he can show you the most incredible amount of mercy that you've ever been shown in all of your life. Or you may ever be shown for eternity. God's mercy is calling you home. God's love for you. God's love for you is sending out a call right now to you. Come home, son. Come home, daughter. It will be like you've never gone away when you come home. And we see that in the prodigal son. He basically said, This my son that was lost is found again. This my son that was dead is alive again. And he was rejoicing. He said, let's make merry. Let's have a party over this son. And the older brother said, you got to be kidding. That kid took uh, all of his money and went out and spent it on all kind of sick, sinful things. I've been home and I've been faithful. He said that. See, there was a resentment from his brother, but not in his father. Because his father didn't hear his plea against himself. His father didn't hear the language of condemnation and worthlessness and uselessness that was in that boy's voice. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you in heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. So what did the father do? Well, you know, I'll make you a hired servant and I'll give you give you some food. But listen, you've done some terrible. Wait a minute. That father is the, is the voice and mind of God. He didn't say a word about where that boy had been, but he rejoiced in where he knew where he was going because he was going to stay in the household of God and walk in the love of Christ forever until the day he entered this earth and would lift it out of this earth into heaven and would forever be with his father. God is not just calling you home from being backslidden or being away from God. God is God is calling you home past this home to a greater home in heaven. God's calling you not just to get right here on the earth, but God's calling you to come all the way up to him and to have that joy of heaven in your spirit and in your heart right now. So, are you ready to come back? Can you give me a few excuses why you shouldn't? I got an idea if you thought half the night you wouldn't come up with one excuse why you ought to stay away from God. And why if you went to bed tonight and put your head on your pillow and you didn't wake up in the morning in heaven, what a horrible thought that would be. But God is calling you home so that tonight when you lay your head on your pillow and go to sleep, you will know. You understand God through Jesus Christ gives you the power to know, to know him and know the power of God. He gives you that power to know. Isn't that good? And here's what you can say. I was a long way away from my father. I was deceived, self-deceived. I don't know the devil or whatever, but I know that I grew cold. When you come back to the Lord right here, right now, when you say, Lord Jesus, receive my broken spirit, receive my broken heart. As you come back to the Lord now, tonight, when you lay your head on your pillow, 
You know that you know that you know that if you don't wake up in the morning in, in this world, you'll wake up in a far better place. Because you'll be brought home to God and you'll sleep peacefully because you'll know that you belong to him and he will never, ever, ever leave you nor give you up to evil. He will never forsake you. Do you understand how powerful that is? So you thought God went off on a vacation and forgot about you and was so angry with you. He wasn't. He's been patiently waiting for you to come over that hill and for him to run out and meet you and grab you and hold you and kiss you and forget about what you're saying. And he said, God answered this. The prodigal son's father answered this. This, my son that was lost is found. This, my son that was dead is alive again. Do you understand? You've got to get this judgment of what God's attitude towards you. You've got to get that out of your mind. Because God never ceases to love you. Though you do the most unlovely things in the world, God never ceases. He never stops loving you. I believe God never stops loving you. Do you understand? So therefore, the love is still there that was there when you were first born again. The love is still there. Never has let up for one minute. And I like the way the scripture says it, and I quote this often. But God, who is rich in his love, wherewith he loved us, in that while we were lost in trespasses and in sin, while we were lost and unworthy and in sin, in that moment, while we were the least worthy, Christ died for the ungodly. Have you been ungodly? Have you done ungodly things? Have you lived in an ungodly country? God is calling you back because he's saying, you think I judged you and threw you away, but you're wrong. Christ died for the ungodly. That doesn't make sense, does it? You might find a person, the Bible says, that would die for a righteous person. And you might find another person to be willing to lay down a life for a good person. But God, who is rich in the love that he has for you tonight, calling you back to his heart again. God, who is rich in that love, wherewith he loved you, has, in while you were dead and trespassing and sinned and not worthy to be called a Christian, at that moment, at your worst, he gave his best. At my worst. He gave his best, and his name is Jesus. And he's the same Jesus that called you the first time, who's calling you back to him again. What a wonderful thing to hear preached on tonight. And so the message is, God is definitely calling you back to his heart. Now you might say, what if I miss it? What if I, what if I, don't do the what if stuff. Just listen to the call of God. Throw everything out, out out the window. Throw all the other stuff, objections you have about yourself. I've done too much sin. I've done too much evil. God couldn't. Baloney. Christ died for all your sins. Christ is alive and well with his precious blood to wash away any new sin that you had since you were saved. And God is there to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, the Bible says. So you better get God friendly now. You better listen to God while he's calling you back to his heart. This is the day of salvation. This is the day that God reclaims you. He reclaims you from the grasp and the clutches of the enemy that he broke you and tore you to pieces and caused you to believe that you were never born again in the first place. But he is a liar and God is forever the truth. Come home, will you? Come home tonight, will you? Jesus is waiting. He's tenderly waiting for you. Come home. Come home right now. This is David Jeffries. May God bless you as you begin your journey back to God. Thanks for listening to The Outpouring with Dr. David Jeffries. 
For more information, visit his website at drdavidjeffries.com. And that is spelled D-R-D-A-V-I-D-J-E-F-F-A-R-E-S.com. I'm Harley Cannon.